Here comes the biggest news ever. Trek Off the Motion Picture is available on Amazon Prime. That's right. The movie version of the podcast you're listening to. An actual movie. A motion picture on Amazon Prime. Available in the United States and the UK. Just go on Amazon and search for Trek Off. The word Trek Off. One word. And you can watch us. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can you can like rent us or buy us. We're available on DVD on Amazon. But like streaming on Amazon Prime. And listen, please watch because it really helps us out. And share it. Give us good reviews. And share it on your Facebook page stuff, man. I'm just excited. Check out the motion picture. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name's Alex. And to do. Oh, to do. To do. To do. Just changing the vowel at the end. To dak. To dak. We've got lots to talk about. There's We haven't talked about like all the interesting Star Trek news that's out. And there's a ton, but we've been talking about so many other interesting things and Guardians of the Galaxy and blah, 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 that I thought it would be good to go back and see what we've I totally missed. I only watched that for the second time, though, for by the way, <laughs> you watched what? I watched I like because by the time we've recorded this, it came out. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so I had a chance to see it again, um, and you know, have that. Is it as good as I thought it was? And it right? is. <laughs> and it what? Yeah, and it is. And I feel like I have an even stronger argument now. Like I believe when you were when we were talking about it, and you said like is Mantis uh, even useful or whatever? Like there was there were. Like I, I felt like she could have been used better. Sure, but I but like she takes out Gamora, man. She does. Like touches her and fucking. She's like, what the what the hell did you do to me? Like, and I just by putting the fear in her, you know. It's like yeah, but but then she's being used like she's being used like next generation wharf, right? Like you, like, uh, hey, let's let's take out Gamora to show that I'm powerful, and then not do much else. But you know, it's like I, I'm gonna say <laughs> this. Not do much else. I am going to um, say the jury's out on Mantis, and I want to see what she does in, uh, in the next in, one. Yeah, obviously. in Avengers: Civil War, because that's going to be the big question, right? Like, like not Civil War, but Avengers: uh, um, Infinity War. Like, that's going to be the big question. Is okay. How 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 do these guys do against Thanos? You know, that's that's the big question for me. And so, you know, I think that is that I, where we're going to see them next? Oh, yes. We're going to see everybody, everybody, except and this is weird. And this is this might bother you, except evidently not Nick Fury, About, everybody um, being in Infinity War, except the guy who yes, put together the Avengers. That doesn't make sense. That is a that problem. I absolutely agree with. And I like Nick Fury. Like there's the idea that we're going to like keep having stuff um, where he would clearly knowing the character be involved is fucking weird. Well, right? and the joy of Infinity War, part of the joy of Infinity War is supposed to be everybody's here. Like there's like you but absolutely like everybody ain't there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you absolutely don't need to have Ant-Man in Infinity War. But you're going to have Ant-Man in Infinity War because everybody's in Infinity War. So it would make sense that the guy who sort of, you know, brought it all together. Yeah, who you know, start, the, like I mean not even before would he be there. the Avengers program, but like before that, right? 
Well, I just sort of mean from a from a metatextual. Um, oh, from, 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 a, from from a like fan it's kind of like it's kind of like when defenders hit dropped or whatever right i have not watched all of it yet so i oh, still wow. have two episodes to go oh, okay so yeah well, okay. Well, I've, well, i have finished it but like it would be like just because iron fist you know is kind of poopy we can't not have him there yeah i mean the point the the point of <laughs> defenders was that they're all together <laughs> they're all um, i did know like can we <laughs> speaking of i actually enjoyed defenders for the most part um yeah Please don't spoil the last two episodes. I, I'm not. No, I'm not going to. Gonna, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, I was something I noticed. This is not really spoilers. It's just the continuation. Like when me and Mister A were watching it, like and it kind of first begins and it's before uh, they really start looping people together, right? Uh, something I found very interesting was the fact that, like tonally, you could feel the shift when you went to somebody else's story, like when you were in Jessica Jones or when you were in Luke Cage. Well, that's, I mean, that's deliberate. Uh, or, I mean, the, or, the color I, I scheme, thought, yeah, the color I, scheme I was is like, different. I thought, I was like, is that on purpose? I was like, yeah, I can't go, decide go how back I and watch the first it. couple episodes and, and, and watch all of Luke Cage's stuff is always, um, it's always cast in yellow. It's all through a big yellow yep. filter and it always yep. has hip hop music playing. Whereas, it does well, and it's not just that either. It's the way that they, uh, it's the way the cuts are done. Uh, yep. It's the way the camera moves. Like, but then, that's but then, if you watch these distinct you, stylistic differences, and, and if you wonder, watch Daredevil, if you watch Daredevil, and this is really, really interesting. Like, like <laughs> watch, watch the first two episodes again when they're all separate. And when you watch Daredevil, there's always red light everywhere yeah. he goes. There's Doesn't a matter. Lot of he goes, red, he, he goes in a diner like, and there's clearly there's a red light around him. Like everywhere he goes, he finds the red light and stands in it, which is weird because he's blind. Um <laughs> No, but, but he's a good actor and he knows how to find his light. Yeah. Um but I'm just saying like I, I at, the, at first I was like I was I thought it was an int- I was like is there did we th- is the idea to kind of show the difference so that we kind of always know where we are until there are together and then have a blending or like what's what are they going like i wasn't sure where they were going with it but something i noticed right off the bat that i just like kind of laughed about with mr a was that like the iron fist parts still sucked like yeah, they didn't the, suck as much as in iron fist which no is good. but they still but it was like and i think it was even i guess to me even more uh noticeable and jarring because like you've got like moment like you would have just been with luke cage for like you know five minutes and then as soon as you're you know iron fist like uh and then but you're dare like I, dare Jones, I say that and it's I good want... again and i and i was like i felt like i was like you know what i almost feel like and any of the like really bad lines that are written are like all in the iron fist parts and i'm like i wonder if like they had all of the writers together from all the shows uh, to write defenders, if that's how this happened, and then anytime something stupid needed to be said or they wanted to say, it was like we should just put that in the Iron Fist part. Well, like, you dare guys I say, like, dare I your say show already sucks. Let's just put all the bad shit there. That I actually kind of <laughs> like Danny when Danny's talking to Luke. Um, dare I say, I would kind oh, of that's li- the only I would time ki- I like him. I would kind of like to see that show. I would kind of like to see just him and Luke Cage. Well, which they had a, a comic book together that ran for 10 years. You know, oh, really? Pa- I didn't know that. Yeah. Power Man and Iron Fist Heroes for Hire were like it ran forever. It like it ran for freaking ever. And and I think. That yeah, the there's two- definitely something compelling about like 
about 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 de- billionaire about de- white guy, and then like well, and not just wrongfully white guy, but also- imprisoned like from Harlem, Har- Harlem, like but not black dude. But, but I love and, that. But beyond that, also like sort of the real life, you know. The, the Luke Cage exists mostly in the real world more than almost anyone else. And Danny is, you know, he's he's like, I summon the power of the Iron Fist and and from the power of Kunlun. And they always cut to to Luke Cage like, what? And I oh, love I it. know too. Like a dragon. Now you're fucking with me. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and 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 that and shit so is funny. That's compelling. Oh. It's fun. That's fun to watch. I will say it this: um, Daredevil is at least where I am so far. Is far and away the best part about the show. Um, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's Jessica it's Jones. Obvious. Jessica Jones is not as good in this kind of show as she is in the kind of show that is her show, which is more, you know, it's it's more emotional, it's more cerebral, it's more uh, emotionally intense. Um, this kind of show, like either that or it's just seeing her next to Daredevil, you realize how much Charlie Cox is bringing his A game all the time. Um, because he's captivating every single think, second. I, he's yeah, on scene. I do think she's is, delightful, but I think I mean I, I do th- I did feel a little bit like, uh, like she, they, she was underutilized and they kind of didn't know uh, where she fit. Well, I mean, yeah, it's true. Like how how does how does a a, a PI who is not as connected as a lawyer, um, who is strong but not as strong as this other guy? Like she like. Like yeah, her- and she's but and but like out of all of them, she is the most of a loner. I feel like, and her story was most isolated to her and didn't have to do with the hand or like yeah, hers was didn't just really her get story. Touched by anybody else's um, stuff, and she's not but- usually into like. I'm glad activities. she's there. I'm glad that I am she's too, there because she's fun. And I, you know what? The I there are some moments I really love, like when it's just like her and Daredevil. Like I yeah. like it. When it's just the two of them, a well, lot Char- of the time. Charlie Cox does not get enough credit. He because you know he was acting. He with is Vincent, awesome. He was acting with Vincent D'Onofrio and what's his name, who's who played the Punisher in season two, and he's so surrounded by such amazing actors all the time that he's overshadowed a little bit. He is especially in Defenders, like watching him among everyone else, and like he is absolutely holding his own. Like if I watch that show and I go, who are the who are the heavy who are the powerhouses acting wise? It's clearly Sigourney Weaver, Scott Glenn, a stick, and Charlie Clo- Charlie Cox. Yeah, they are they are like they. Although could... I, I must say, I did pref- I do prefer Electra in this. Oh yeah, she's way better. She's way better. Yeah, when they had her on Daredevil, she, yeah, I was nope. very upset about what they did with her. But every episode of Defenders makes me smile. Um. I, for anybody out there bashing it, what is wrong with you? Like, I just watch this and I'm just giggling. I'm giggling a lot. I'm like, hey, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I enjoy about it. I mean, this is what I wanted so much. I yeah, watched, there's still I watched stuff 40 I gotta episodes get, of TV to get to this. Yeah, there's so much I got to get over, even with the, still, though, in the Iron Fist parts, just because sure. I'm so tired of Danny whining and it's. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah, no, it reinforces of- everything we said. Like when when you see Colleen Wing in in Defenders, when she was the best part about Iron Fist, my argument was was she really that great, or was it that she's just the best part about Iron Fist? And when she's in here, she's no different than she was in Iron Fist, but she's she's not more she's not more compelling than Foggy. 
no you know, way. like yeah. she's and, and Foggy is the least compelling person on Daredevil, and Foggy is plenty compelling, but he's not as compelling as Karen or Kingpin or Punisher or, or Stick or like Charlie is or, or Foggy is you know the most just kind of like normal guy, and yet he's more compelling than the most compelling person on Iron Fist. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's it's so clear when they're that close together to see uh, how that show was just I will say the it looks like the fighting that yeah. I've seen so much yeah. in the show is much better. Iron Fist um, can fight now. What? Yeah, all of a sudden, Iron Fist can fight. I'm like, your Hooray! martial artist is a martial artist now. <laughs> it's about time, you know, but like, although watching Daredevil kick the shit out of him was really fun. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I mean. That fight Watching Daredevil's like, always cool, pretty much. Yeah, I, I no. there was never a moment for the. I'm trying to think. I, the only thing I had trouble with, and this it, is because sure I had the last so two much, episodes. I'm, the last two episodes. I'm not. It's, okay. it's not gonna, dude. I'm not you. Okay? Oh, like, snap. calm down. <laughs> oh, my feelings um, are hurt now. Oh, right, go on, baby. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> um, I. It, the only thing I had trouble with, and this is because I've, of the sort of disservice I felt like they did the character of Elektra on uh, Daredevil, is is really believing in the investment he seems to have in her. As though she's some great love of his life. I don't... It's It's hard. Like, if I had come into it... If I had not seen Daredevil, and I come into Defenders, I I would believe it. But because I've got the actual interactions that they had and, and saw their relationship on Daredevil, it like it's it's almost as though it's like, well, now I, do, I don't believe what I'm seeing here now. It doesn't make any sense. Like all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, he just loved her so much and she was so great. And he's really tore up about it and is trying to sit, like get through to her or whatever. I don't understand it. Like, why? Uh, so. I uh, just bums me out about how horribly they screwed that shit up on Daredevil because I had to try to turn off that part of my brain and just be like in this moment now and and imagine that this woman used to be someone he really loved because then I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it it resonates because I read the I read the comics and it resonates with me as 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 working because Matt in the comics is always his own he's always his own worst enemy like that's the whole thing about matt is that matt is 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 and maybe even more so than like batman like matt is a dysfunctional human being matt can't not it's it's i've noticed it more more even with jessica just how casually matt lies he lies he lies when he doesn't have to lie he just lies. He just lies about stuff. He just lies about stuff. Like yeah. when, when, when there are things that he clearly should be sharing, he's oh, like, yeah. no, it's fine. It's nothing. Matt. It's fine. They don't need to know that. <laughs> and I like the in Defenders that he's constantly being called out for it. He's like, hey, stop lying. Um, but that's, you know, but that is Matt. I mean, that, that's, that's. Yeah. Like I found myself in yeah. the, like basically decide like, and this, this kind of bad when you have to do this, but feeling like the Daredevil movie. The like their relationship on that is what I had to think about <laughs> as the underlying reason for him caring so much about Electra. <laughs> it's like that's pretty bad, but you know what? Hey, whatever need, whatever you need yeah. to get through it. Sometimes I think, 
But hey, you know what? I want to I want to come out and say that I don't hate the Daredevil movie. Um, I don't I see, either. I really I, didn't. I, I, I get even watching it again now. I I understand kind. I understand why people knock it, but like I can understand I like how it. it's how I can understand <laughs> how it's a how it is ultimately a failure in what it's trying to do. But I and maybe it's because there's been enough of Star Trek where I sometimes with Star Trek you do have to go. Hey, look, I get what they were going for. Like sometimes you just <laughs> you just have to you have to go. Look, this is. Clearly, they were doing the best they could with what they had to work with. You had a a young Ben Affleck who had not yet really learned how to act, and they're trying to figure out how do you do a solo superhero movie on a budget when the only other things you've had really at that point are Blade and Spider Man uh, for solo stuff. Like, how do you do it? They did their Batman. Uh, Oh, I guess you did have Batman. Yeah, so it's and Batman was. Probably the biggest, I would say. Yeah, but Batman had just failed, right? Batman had like just fallen apart like two years before. Oh, well, yeah, certainly it had run (laughs) down from the place it had been. (laughs) So you ask yourself, how how do you do it? I mean, I understand, you know, that there are parts of that movie, but there are parts of the movie I really like. Um, They're... The way they showed Matt's vision was cool. The romance was okay. Um, It wasn't dark enough and, and... if you want to see that corrected, it's worth watching the director's cut, the R-rated director's cut of the Daredevil movie, because it's better. It gives really? you some of that darkness that you expect from Daredevil. I didn't even know there was one. Yeah, it's 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 way better. It's way better. Coolio's in it, I think. What? Um yeah. I would watch anyway. that. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the discovery. I have. Uh, do you want me to lead with uh, stuff that's really intense to discuss, or should I start with a bit of good news? I'll leave it up to you, dear oh. friend. Um, I guess a bit of good news because I a fear of, we'll never get to the bit of good news if the intense stuff happens. This <laughs> warms my heart. This warms my heart in ways that I can't even explain. You, of course, have seen For Love of Spock, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, director of For Love of Spock, and of course, we know who Sonny is, Adam Nimoy, is getting married. Woo! Really? Oh, to Terry Farrell. What? Yep. Dax That's awesome. and the son of Spock are getting married. That is so fucking cool, man. Is it going to be a Star Trek theme wedding? It should be. It should be. There's so many pictures. So all the pictures are of them making the live long and prosper like Zivil. I love this. This she makes me so happy. She needs to have her Dax dots on when she gets married. A, it's hot. B, like just in tribute man like Um, he can't be there and that's really sad right yeah um i just love i just like i love and she's the science officer and you know know. what i love i love so the the article this is of course from trek movie did make me happy uh uh the last bit of the article said awkward of course some fans have noted there may be a bit of awkwardness due to a scene in ds9 episode trials and tribulations when the crew traveled back in time to the area Uh of the original star trek and where jadzia expressed her attraction to spock played by adam's father Uh okay that's pretty funny that's it true. is, and I remember that. I love that too. Like if you think about it, like because they're they're like down the corridor, and she's like, "Oh wow, I, he's so much more, he's so much hotter in person or whatever." And yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, well, you know, Captain Kirk did have a was a bit of a ladies' man or whatever." She's like, "Not him, the other one. Spock." <laughs> and Adam Nimoy looks like, like Spock too. Oh. Like they, he looks a lot like him. He looks a lot like his dad. Um, yeah, 
Um, that's awesome. I am. I am so happy about this. This is so great. Yeah, that's amazing. That is such good news. Oh, like, 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 I hope that they grow old together and 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 live to be ninety and are just like they they just became the Star Trek royalty. Like that's what just happened. They just became. Oh, I, yeah, I feel like it would have to be at this. Like they're like, yeah. Yeah, that's the 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 passing of uh, the baton, if you will. At this point. Yeah, I I mean that's it's yeah I, I love it. It just made me so happy to read it. So that's uh, that's, that's a bit our, of good news. That is so, fucking awesome. Um, so uh, okay, so here's our our real discussions. Um, oh, no. uh, of course we are uh, one month away from uh, not even or less than a month away. From September twenty fourth is when Star Trek Discovery premieres. Um, which is. There- actually a special day for me mr a so oh why is that a special day I'm for you hoping. mr a what is it oh it's it's um you it's brought it up our, <laughs> it's not it's not our wedding anniversary but it's like our um we call it us day um because it's okay. the uh like when we were dating like that was the day that we had the talk you know the well i the... haven't been seeing anybody but you well i haven't been seeing anybody but you either and i kind of want to like just keep it that way and stuff yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so, it's worked like, out we so were, far. <laughs> yeah, so it was like official that we were, a you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. Like we had been dating technically, yeah, yeah. even though we hadn't been seeing anybody else um, before that. But that was the that was the day we made it official. It was the twenty fourth of September, and like uh, when we were remodeling uh, the house that we live in, that like his family has been in for a long time. Uh, we were pulling like pieces of you know trim off and stuff and there was a piece of trim that had been like that had the date on it from when the house was first built and it was like september 24th of like 1908 or some shit and i was like oh my god like what what are the odds like that's nuts. It's like a sign we're meant to be i mean obviously we're meant to wait be, a minute wait a but- minute so so you've got you've got a, a note from as far back as a hundred years ago saying you should be together. And now the 23rd century is also telling you, Hey, that's what I'm saying. It's like an it's acknowledgement. So I'm like, I'm hoping, right. That like, if it sucks, what if it's going to be as bad? <laughs> I know. Like, I'm like, it's so it's like that, this nugget of hope where I'm like, well, then it can't be bad. Right. Well, let me Not give you some other nuggets of hope. <laughs> let me give you some other nuggets. of hope. this is, um, uh, this is a conversation, um, with uh, Sonequa Martin-Green, who's going to be playing First Officer uh, uh, Michael Burnham, uh, and Jason Isaacs. Um, uh, Green says, anyone doing a new iteration of Star Trek, you have to understand how deep it is. You have to understand how important it is, she tells Variety. You have to understand how much of a pillar it is to our culture. I think you need that in order to really give it the weight it deserves. And I think that, I hope that more than anything, people get a sense of how serious we take this. That's echoed by Jason Isaacs, uh, 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 Malf- Mr. Malfoy himself, uh, who says, The world is complicated and horrible, and I don't know how to explain to my children the insanity of the people who are in charge of it at the moment. He says, I thought it was a good story to tell and something I would be happy to watch about prevent- presenting a vision of the world that's full of drama, but also full of resolution and unity. Now, these two comments, especially his, gives me real hope for the series. Yeah. Gives me real hope for this series. Um, this article also t- tells you what the series is kind of about. Um, and it's the no spoilers because it's kind of the trailers tell you this, but it's the Klingon War is what we're getting. 
in the series. The series is the Klingon War. The article comes out and says season two is not going to be more Klingon War. Season two is going to be what is it like living in the world after the Klingon War? What are the what are the the consequences to the universe of the Klingon world at war after it's done? Um, I have to say, I wanted this in the movies. Um, I felt like as much as I love Star Trek Beyond, I feel like Star Trek Beyond should have been Star Trek 4. Um, I feel like they built up the Klingon War so much in the Abrams verse. You know, you had Robocop, you know, Robocop screaming at Kirk, go, going, going, who's going to be making us ready for the Klingons? You! You know, that was like... <laughs> Sorry. He does kind of say it that. Yeah, Robocop does kind of say that. Like, doesn't he... <laughs> I just, it's you, funny that, that he's just, we gotta be ready because they're matter. coming. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. You gotta be ready because they're coming, son. He gave an interesting performance. Um, it's just funny because he's, he's, I mean, he's Robocop, he's Robocop, and he's always gonna be so. It's like, it's yeah, sorry, all right, so I not, take it back. I'll call him by his name. I'm sorry, no, Buck Rubanzai is screaming at him, and Buck Rubanzai <laughs> says, Who's gonna get ready for? You. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, oh, so, so I kind of like wanted that to play out in the show, in in the movies, in the in the more in the movies well, which are more action oriented. I kind of wanted that, and it does. And what worries me about it in in doing it in the show, um, and maybe, and you have said uh, you have stated that you would love this, but that what what, what the show will wind up being is more like. Battlestar Galactica, which I don't want. Like, we already had that show. So I kind of think that you're going to you know? be disappointed in that you're going to get some Battlestar Galactica stuff in the first three, four episodes. I think the three, four episodes are going to plunge them into into problems. Um, I absolutely think that, I mean, I if I were writing the show, and I think that the people writing the show, they seem, you know, they must be okay writers. I mean, they, they get work. Um... Uh, that it, eh, I mean, there are a whole to make it, of writers, I'm sure, that work on Iron Fist. And to, yeah. it's true, it's true. Uh, <laughs> to to make it Star Trek, what you do is you plunge them into darkness and battle, and and there's lots of action, and there's lots of you know, I mean, you know, no, war that's stuff. Not how you and make then, what, and then, Trek, and then, it's about finding peace and resolution, and that's kind of what I hoped it would be. And the fact that those are the words that that Jason Isaac says at the end, it you know it presents a vision of a world that's full of drama but also full of resolution and unity. Um, I like. I hope that it's about you know not Superman four style, but the quest for peace. Like the the, yeah. the 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 fact that the fact that they call it out in the trailer where she's like, "I'm going to fire on the ship." And they go. Starfleet doesn't. Fu- Starfleet doesn't shoot first. Like the fact that that's a conversation that's being had in our time, in the time we live in. Maybe that's the question. Maybe we show a the consequences of war, but b what is necessary um, for us to rise above it and have peace is not just blast them. They're the baddies. Like maybe it starts with blast them. They're the, they're the baddies. But by a few episodes in. You know, that's what we need, because I think that if we're going to present it to a new audience who's, you know, 
tuning in for a cool science fiction action show. Well, that's that they was are, but like you've got to, and maybe. But and that maybe, was the trick of the original series, though, is right. make make them think they're watching Yonito Zeppi Zeppi sci-fi, and, right. then, and then once and then once you have them, when you have them, a moral treatment, then, and they don't then you get them. Yeah. And I'm 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 down for I like I like I that. mean I'll if let- they can if they can nail that like if they can get that that balance I'll be okay with it. Um, I'm just you know worried because of what the the track record of that you know of of that whole network is not good. Yeah. Well, um, here's so here's here's a couple things to uh, to then give you pause um, about Brian Fuller. Um, it says uh, a lot of the thing in Variety is talks about how Brian Filler was brought on board by CBS. Again, this is from Trek Movie. I'm reading this at least partly because they wanted someone who had cred with Star Trek fans through his history as DS9 and Voyager and he and his love of the show. Um, a CBS Studios president said, we felt it would be smart business to give the fans what they wanted. There's not a whole lot of people who have the visionary capability along with Star Trek cred and experience. So Brian became a good and obvious choice to do that. But the And the official line regarding Fuller's departure is, it was a mutual and amicable decision due to conflicts with his other show, American Gods. However, Variety sources confirmed from other reports that Fuller was quote-unquote pushed out. And one reason given was that Fuller is not known as someone who prioritizes deadlines and budgets above all else. In short, he's not a typical CBS showrunner. Now that gives me pause. Yeah. But then it goes down to goes Fuller, quote unquote, failed to deliver scripts months after they were due. And after uh, Fuller informed Les Moonves that the show would not meet its release date, which was supposed to be in the spring. Remember, Fuller was fired and Fuller declined comment. And then they go on to say in terms of budgets, Every episode of this show costs eight to eight and a half million dollars. And the set for the Klingon ship alone cost three million. Um, so it's a super expensive show. It's the most expensive Star Trek's ever been allowed to be on TV. Um and and it shows they're willing to give it the money. And there's a part of me that, that goes, well, why you know are you what? willing to give it the fucking time? Like, well, no, but here's the thing. There's, you know, when you're a showrunner, you do have a responsibility to get things on time and uh, on time and on budget. That's part of that's part of the job of a showrunner. You know, it, it, it would be like having, you know, I mean, sure, like within reason. But like, I'll, I, I guess the show yeah. was delayed six months. I mean, it was it was supposed to come out like first thing in 2017. It is coming out. It's coming out nine months late. So I could absolutely see there. I could absolutely see a series of conversations. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. Okay. We just need another month. Okay. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. Just another month. And at one point I could see the guy who's the head of the network, whose job is to be in charge of the entire network. Just going, dude, look, this is clearly not working. Like, so, you know, I, I don't know how to feel. I, I I don't want to, I, I feel neutral but not in a not in a like bland neutral kind of way, but sort of a I could see both sides of this argument and, and I wasn't there, so I don't know how it went down. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just uh... I could see a world where like you're supposed to get it in by January and you can't get it in by November. And this is a show that's supposed to come out every week. You know, part of a TV show is that it, it's supposed to come out every week. You can't you can't lose yeah. nine months on a TV show. Like you can't do, you got to get it in. 
And maybe he was, you know, distracted. Maybe the American Gods thing is true. Maybe he's like, well, look, I got a lot to do. I'm doing this other show, too. And they go, well, we need someone who's not doing this other yeah, show. Yeah, like, and maybe, yeah, like, yeah, maybe there is something to that, right? Just that he didn't have that the timeline for Star Trek was suffering because, you know, American Gods, maybe he made that commitment first, what have you, you know what I mean? Um, and just wasn't. Like, because I, I do get that. Like, I guess that, like, we can just, you know, wait forever. Like, obviously, deadlines matter. Like, you and have nine to months is a done. long time. Yeah, for, that's a significant miss. For um, a weekly show. Yeah, I get that. I just, what concerns me about it is just the way, uh, the, the types of shows that that network makes and the types of decisions they make um, that I've seen concerns me that that's not the kind of people I want making decisions about Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, but it's like that. it is worth so not having Brian there who's somebody who understands uh Star Trek like cuz you know, I me and Mr. were talking about it a little bit and he was saying um this, you know, the idea maybe is that this is before they really are solidified as the Federation and what that means and that's the idea and I'm like, eh, I don't think that's what it's supposed to be, but I guess maybe it is. Like, I don't, like, and maybe if they've got a clear path to how, because I mean, you know, those books or whatever that uh, I'm reading and you, I'm sure, have finished uh, listening to, you know, Gene doesn't give us how we got there, right? We start at, we have figured our shit out and we're at peace globally and we don't really do money and you just everybody's taken care of which by the way the the money thing the money whatever. thing wasn't even said until uh next gen no but it was the implication like you never i like i never felt like on the original series i never felt like anybody what like i mean they never said the thing about money specifically but it was like nobody everybody's taken care of nobody has to worry like that's the like that's the dream right is that everything's good on earth and we have freed our minds uh sorry i watched the matrix recently man does that movie hold up um i watched cabin in the woods last night also man does that movie hold up i still haven't watched it we haven't i still haven't watched it you ever seen cabin in the woods like we've owned it since it came out. And Let I me put it this way: it. <laughs> rewatching Cabin in the Woods put it back into my like top fi- top fifteen, twenty, maybe my top ten, in terms of just great, smart, smart movie making. Wow! Okay. Like it's it it belongs next to Serenity and Scott Pilgrim versus the World as this weird little outlier of a movie in a genre that you think you know that's different than that genre you think you know and on a particular day if you're in the mood for something like that which i am often um it's so 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 smart if you watch it with your smart hat on and if you watch it two times in a row once you realize what they're doing and you go oh oh yeah no i have you seen the good place have you seen that show no do anything about it's like a it's an afterlife show um and it's it's got kristen bell in it and ted danson who's amazing Weird. in it um it's only 13 it's like a filler i guess it was a a trial yeah, type yeah. thing on abc or nbc one of those like wayward pines yeah um 
so all of season one's on Netflix, and it's only like 13 episodes, and I think the actual episodes are only like a half hour apiece. Like, it's a comedy. Huh. It's mostly funny. Like, there's some drama and stuff there, but it's mostly just funny. But it's definitely, like, me and Mr. I finished watching it, and he was like, oh my god what oh we need to watch that again like let's watch it again right now and look the thing now and i like, challenge you i challenge you to watch cap in the woods like today um <laughs> I, uh, will, and, I probably won't be able to watch it today but there's but a, by the next time we talk by the, like, time, by the next time we talk yeah all right let's just put it this way it's written by uh joss whedon and drew goddard i know uh drew goddard uh joss whedon who we know everything he did drew goddard uh who was uh uh, co-showrunner on Angel and also was showrunner on season uh, one of Daredevil. Okay, that's good. Um, and Sorry, it's a you know sh- how I feel about Angel. It's a show <laughs> where they went to a hotel for a weekend and said, if we did a horror movie, what would we do? And they started on Friday and on Sunday, the script was mostly written with each of them uh, doing first run on like switching scenes every other scene, each of them, from what I understand, doing first run and then uh, switching and rewriting each other's scenes um, so they can do it efficiently and get it out. And they're both incredibly clever people. And then they're rewriting each other who are incredibly clever people sitting next to each other on on. Uh, on laptops going, hey, what if we, oh yeah, it's a great, yeah, what if it, just I can imagine the crackling energy in that room. Oh, right? Like um, just. The, and just, the, they lo- they locked themselves in, had a bunch of caffeine, stayed up, you know, for a weekend and just did it and pounded it out. <laughs> um, just did it. Um, and it was from a place of, not a place of, I've been hired to write a movie. It was from a place of, let's just do this. Let's just go and do it. That's and the awesome. Movie, the movie is so smart and it's smarter on your second viewing once you realize what's going on. You could rewatch the beginning and pay attention to every line that everybody says. And you go, Oh, it's, it's so great. It's oh, so fun. Awesome. And so funny. It's so funny. Um, so <laughs> highest recommendation. All right. Hey, before we go, um, I wanted to share uh, a little bit of, of geek thing that I did. Um, I went to Canada, which is not in and of itself a geek thing, but I have not, sure. never been to Canada uh, in my life. Um, so awesome. you should, was it good? Was it fun? You should go. You should totally go. I do um, want to go. It's uh, it's uh, from here from DC. It's only a um, a seven hour drive to um, Niagara Falls, and only an hour and a half from there to Toronto. Um, and so we and so we just did it. We just drove, um, drove up there. We used Groupon to find like the cheapest possible hotel that you could fit like four people in. Which use Groupon, <laughs> like you really use Groupon. Yeah. We did. We made a we made a point, except for one day where we took the kids to a Great Wolf Lodge, um, which I'd never been to, and I've heard about like forever. Um, but we uh, we made a. You had doped it would be. Uh, it's it was really good. But the hotel, the rest of the time, <laughs> we like made a point to stay like forty minutes outside of the city because it's like you know. It's like two hundred and fifty dollars to stay in the city per night. Oh yeah, it's like the but, difference between staying in a hotel like I don't know out here somewhere in Northern Virginia or in DC. In DC. But you know, I, I've driven this far. Like I'm willing to 60, drive forty minutes back and forth, as like, opposed I'm, to like two hundred and you know between two hundred and five hundred. And I'm driving into the city at ten, and I'm driving back out of the city at nine, so I'm not really hitting traffic. So like we did that, we did all our parking with parking pandas. I mean, so I with, imagine like, their parking is not like ours here. Or no, their, their parking or their is traffic. like ours. The parking is their parking is, but just like is ours, it? if you do parking panda ahead of time, it's like ten bucks. 
Just okay. like that, that's what DC and Baltimore are like too. If you try and find one, then it's 25. But if you find your parking spot online ahead of time, it's cheap. So we did that. Um, they have something called the city pass where it's like, like $40 per person. And that gives you access to, I, but it's an average, I think it's 50 for kids and 35 for adults, but that gives you access to, um, like their main museum, which is way better than our museums because our museums are all very specific and their museum was just like, here's a museum. So it's like got dinosaurs and sarcophagi and actual mummies of real people from Egypt. And here's a wing dedicated to the Roman empire. And if it's like, here's the history of the world all in one museum. I mean, I don't know, dude, the Smithsonian. Like- the Smithsonian is so specific though. Like one's air and space. The art one is just art. You know, there's the American, there's the, but they're the like all history. right there together. <laughs> like it's basically like one. We don't have we don't. Museum, but we don't I have like. we don't have a world history museum. You have to go up to like the New York New York Metropolitan Museum to really get a world history like a like ancient Egypt mummies and stuff. You're not going to find that here. You know, we 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 are really kind of focused on I mean, we, on the last we, like four or five hundred years, and they you we know have dinosaurs. They, we have dinosaurs, but I mean I mean in terms of civilization, they they had like you know. Like, here's this toy played by, you know, 3,000 years old, you know, and you're like, what? Um, but the other place we went, because I only have a minute before I have to run, but the other place we went was a, a castle in the middle of the city called Castle Loma. And I'm walking around in the middle of the castle and I'm walking through the very ornate hallways and the giant areas. And I realized as I'm walking around, I'm on the interior set of Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. <laughs> What? So if you go on my Facebook, you'll see I we found like the hallways where like Wolverine and Professor X are walking and I took like comparison shots and the classroom where Storm was teaching and I took it it's absolute and and if you go into the literature there they go yeah that was this was this place was used for Xavier's school. That's fucking awesome. It was really cool. So check out my Facebook cuz all that stuff is there. Um Hell but yeah. uh uh again a shorter episode uh this week but uh next week uh as kids go to school I'm finally back uh back into uh the swing of doing this on a more regular basis. So uh good stuff coming and Star Trek Discovery is coming. We're going to have tons and tons to talk about. A uh, last question cuz then I do have to go, but I do want to know are you going to be seeing Star Trek 2? Wait, what? Do you not know this? I don't know what you're talking about. No. September 10th and September 13th, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan returns to the big screens for via Fathom events. Um, it's kind of going to be everywhere um, on those two days. So if you want to see it on the big screen, uh, it's on the 10th and the 13th of September, um, which is, a, I think, a Saturday and then a, um, a Tuesday. Huh. So um, go on we Fandango. We're doing the Princess Bride one, so we should. We should do They've been that. doing that a lot. Like they're doing, they're doing. Uh, Close Encounters is coming up next too. Uh, but Ooh, but Star Trek two, um, I might have to try and find a way to see it again, and then we'll talk. Lots to talk about. Okay. But for now, my name is Justin, and my name's Alexia. Check out. Check out, bitches. Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.